What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down 107.1, and we are continuing our playthrough of Diablo 2, particularly the resurrected version of the game. And today I have with me Matt. Hello. Our resident druid here. Yeah, and really, uh, really digging that wolf pack. There you go. All about the summons. The uh, necromancer. That's what I was big into. I was big into the golems. Yep. Iron yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I think necromancer was the other option, and I think I would really enjoy that build as well. Yeah. Yeah. As a similar approach to the the druid. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, last we left off, we were at the final quest of Act One. Didn't beat it. I had beaten it, but uh, Matt, you had not. Um, which the final quest of Act One takes us into the cathedral, um, and the lower parts of the cathedral, where um, uh, I believe. I, I believe it was where Diablo was once housed, uh, but of course he has now escaped or left. But in his uh, stead is one of the lesser evils, uh, Andriel, and Andariel. Andariel. I thought it was Andariel and Duriel. Aren't they like brothers? Uh, I believe. And Dario is female? Siblings? <laughs> I don't know. I thought I read that they were linked. And Dario. Uh, lesser evil once overthrew the three prime evils, banishing them from hell to our world. And Dario uh, is... Uh, the the maiden of anguish. So she is the the um, the embodiment of anguish, and uh, her direct brother uh, would be Duriel, uh, which is another lesser evil. Yeah, it's not my favorite at the moment. No, no. <laughs> uh, for spoilers for anybody out there, Duriel is the uh, boss, the final boss of Act 2, uh, which we go into. So after beating uh, this lesser evil and uh, killing her, um, we return back into the encampment and... Uh, figure well the next place Diablo would go or the Dark Wanderer himself would go which is being you know influenced by Diablo would be traveling east into the desert so that is where we go next um this uh and we get the next act cutscene. The the cutscenes are fantastic in this game. Yeah, yeah. Back to the reminds me of the old days of Blizzard. Really, really enjoy those cutscenes. They uh, they're really good. They are they are really really good. Um, I I did go back and watch like a side by side comparison between the resurrected and the uh. At the standard version. And it just goes to show you how good they were back then, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so uh, traveling through uh, the uh, the desert area. And we reach into the... Um, to the kind of... It, it's, it's more of a city than a town, I would say. Uh, because they do have a um, like a, a palace and yeah. a, a ruler, um, and uh, uh, the uh, town is called uh, Lut Golhain. Golhain. 
Yeah, I, I thought they pronounced it more Goling. like Galeen. Luke Galeen. Luke Galeen. And uh, evil has taken over this city as well. Um, and they're not letting anybody into the palace. So we stay into the outskirts of the city and, and, and the the other parts of it. I did think it was kind of funny that it still changes shape every time you make a new game. <laughs> right. Because I kind of I kind of figured that would apply only to the outskirts and the town itself would stay the same. And it's this weird combination of the town changes a little bit every time. But most of the things are generally in the same area. Yeah. Right? Like the, the characters roam the same. It's either like the upper left side or the upper right side. And the, I feel like the, the, the transport node is always in roughly the same spot. But everything else just kind of shifts around it. So it's... It's almost like deja vu. You're like, I, I feel like I've been here before, but it looks different. Yeah. I, the the reason why they do that is because you can actually physically leave the city. And once you leave the city, it has to spawn in a new area. So everything's mm. already randomly generated. It's just you haven't traveled to it yet kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh Yeah. So um, the reason why we come here is because uh, it is believed the Herodrum uh, locked in another one of Diablo's greater evil brothers, uh, Bale, uh, in somewhere either in this city, under the city somewhere, or out in the desert. So um, the first thing we have to do, uh, as instructed by Deckard Kane, is... We really need to first prepare ourselves to find this sanctuary where they have locked away Bale. In order to do that, we will need a Herodric staff. Um, it was originally owned by Tall. God, what was his name? Tall. Rashad? Rashad, yeah. Tall Rashad, who was yeah. a, another one of the scholars and, and mages of the Herodrum, uh, who set up this, this kind of trap for Baal. Uh, and uh, this is basically the key that, that leads to the inner sanctum of that area. Uh, and uh, the thing is, is that he has scattered the Herodric staff into pieces across the desert to make sure that nobody could ever unlock it. As soon as I heard that, I was, I was like, come on, really? Like you just, <laughs> all, all you've done is take what we need and basically just turn each piece into a dungeon crawl. But the more I was playing through this act, you know, and I, I don't know, some of it's the text, some of it's, you know, just kind of thinking about what we're doing. You know, it feels almost a little bit Indiana Jones-ish. Yeah. You need, you know, you need this artifact to gain access to these secret areas. And at first I rolled my eyes a little bit, but the more I played through this act, I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. We're going to we're gonna construct this artifact from its pieces and, and use that to, to track him down. Yeah. So the first order of business is since this staff is been magically um dissected we're going to need uh the herodric cube um basically the herodric cube is a special pandora's box if you will it's a magical box that when you put things in it using the powers of alchemy can restore things or create new items now this is a staple in diablo um, in fact, it was so popular, they brought it back in Diablo 3. Looks suspiciously like the Hellraiser box, but I assume it's bigger if it can hold a staff. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's almost like a bag of holding, where it, it it's kind of like a... As big as it needs to be. As big <laughs> as it needs to be kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, once again, why why did I call it Pandora's box? Because <laughs> it does kind of look like the, Hell, the Hellraiser's <laughs> Pandora's box. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, 
that's the first order of business is getting it. Uh, of course, we go through uh, these different areas. Uh, the desert area uh, is full of all kinds of different monsters. This new special type of insect uh, monster that when you strike them will shoot out electric pulses that will injure you. Yep, pretty pretty substantially. Yes, uh, and with me being the, the hammer den that I am, throwing out blessed hammers and standing in a big group of these guys, well, I just get shocked to death, so I had to be careful there. Um, but yeah, after getting the, the Herodric Cube, uh, we are able to use it not only for the Herodric Staff when creating it again, we can now use it for whatever we want, and there are a ton of different recipes to make different items, to unsocket gems from items, to make a unsocketed item a now socketed item. Uh, and you can also upgrade stuff. So you can upgrade your gems. You get three cracked diamonds. You can then make a flawed diamond. You get three flawed diamonds. You can then make a diamond. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, and on top of that, you can also upgrade your runes, uh, which really came in handy because I started now making rune words. Uh, so I asked you before recording, I said, just tell me when we start recording. Have you made any rune words, Matt? I haven't yet made rune words, but I have built up a good stash of runes. Okay. So I've got probably eight or so. Eight or nine individual runes. Okay. Um, I've got probably about 40. Holy crap. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, I, you've, you've never really played Diablo 2 before. And one of the big things that happened in 2000 and 2001 for me was I went on runs. Um, which is basically going and doing the exact same thing over and over again to get uh, special drops. One of the best places to get runes is to run the Countess, which was uh, the one of the side bosses from Act One. Mm -hmm. If you kill each time you kill her, I don't know if it's a it's not a guarantee that you'll get a rune, but. 90% of the time, you will get at least one rune drop. I would say 60% of the time, you would get two rune drops. And there are times where she will drop three at a time. Now, on the normal difficulty, she only drops up to rank eight runes. So, I can't remember the order they go in, but each rune starts with like a rank. So, the L rune is level one. Eld is level two. And then it goes up, 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 all the way to, I can't remember what, what number it is. Now, you can take three L runes into the Herodric Cube and make an L rune out of it. So you go up and rank once. So that's what I did for a lot of this, the past two weeks, because we've been off for two weeks. Past two weeks, I would occasionally just boot up the game and just go hunt the Countess. I would kill her, quit the game, come back in, do it again. So I have a lot of runes. And the reason why is because I know I wanted to make some rune words out of it. And rune words, um, which I, I believe we explained a little bit in the past, the past episode, the last episode, but, um, to, to, to kind of really push this, rune words are some of the best things in this game. It's also really cool that you don't just like negate their value. Like once you've got four runes, you're set, right? Like this whole like ecosystem of trading up is really cool just because it, it, they maintain value throughout the game. If you can just keep, keep progressing them. The worst item in this game is not worthless. Yeah. That's you awesome. Can, you can easily throw it in the, in the Herodric cube and make something better out of it. Well, it's strange because there, I pick up so much stuff, or act, actually don't, because so much stuff does kind of feel worthless. Uh -huh. Like there's a 
probably at this point like 80% of what drops I don't even touch. Yeah, and th- that's going to happen, especially as you get more powerful. Um, the the occasional uh, magic item, the blue item, I will look at, but most of the time I'm going to ignore that. Yellow items and gold items, so the, the rare and the unique items, I will definitely pick up, uh, guaranteed. Even uh, if just to sell, if you don't need it? Yeah, even if just to sell, or even if to put it in my stash and possibly, you know, re-roll that sucker in the Herodric Cube. Yeah. Um. So, and then on top of that, like, like looking at the gray items, because gray items could possibly it could it usually means that they're items that are socketed so you you have possibly some of the best items in the game even though they're gray and gray usually means trash yeah but in Diablo 2 gray items typically mean socketed items socketed items are some of the best things in the game because you can put runes at them and make rune words so you can have a st- I have a standard ass shield Standard shield was a standard kite shield, but I made um, the ancient's pledge on it. So I used rune words to create ancient's pledge. Ancient's pledge is fantastic because it ups my block chance. On top of that, it ups all of my resistances: fire, ice, electricity, and poison by twenty five percent. Damn. So 25% of the time, if I get hit by something fire-related, it just negates it. So these. So rooms... do you keep whole sets around? So are you just like constantly farming so that you can... So I, I guess, do you start with like a recipe and know what you need to go find and then go find it? Or do you just, because things can be used in multiple ways, are you just out farming and whatever you take is probably going to find some path. Yeah. To, I mean, well, it's, it, it, it's both ways. Yeah. So sometimes I will just get a rune. That's like, Oh, this, this is a good rune or I'll, I'll pick up a rune and say, well, I can easily upgrade this to a different room, you know? So it, it, whenever you see a rune drop, that's, that's, that's nothing to, to scoff at. That is something you need to pick up because it's either materials that you can use to make a better one or it is something you can actually use right now. Because even some of the, the, the best rune words in the game may use a lot of rare runes, but they may also use a very common rune too. Yeah. So the the best thing, Matt, there is... I, I, I know how you are. You're a purist. You don't like looking at facts. You don't like looking at guides or anything like that unless you need to. There are so many rune words in this game. You need to look at a list of rune words because yeah. finding them and finding the right ones for your druid are essential for this game. Because let's be honest, Diablo 2 is way harder than Diablo 3. Yeah, exactly. Diablo 3, you know, plowed through, didn't really need any help. But And I, and I haven't really had a ton of trouble so far i mean it was just act one really but it it definitely seemed to get a bit harder when you're out in the desert and you got those lightning bugs attacking you and then the very last the last kind of mission the last kind of run i died multiple times before even getting to the end boss and then (laughs) died immediately and repeatedly at the boss so i i kind of feel like a i'm going to need some rune word help and B I kind of feel like a lot of the bosses not necessarily are going to have a trick but I feel like because there are these elemental damages am I going to need to have different sets like oh I know for this boss I'm going to need lightning damage or they're going to do lightning damage and I need to configure myself uniquely for each boss fight or can I just kind of take my maximum damage and maximum protection and, and that's going to get me most of the way through it. Possibly, like, possibly but sometimes no. Because see, <laughs> not not only not only are are enemies doing like fire damage to you, but there are some enemies in this game that are that are immune to to different types of elements. Yeah. So, you know, if I if I'm taking on a boss that is 
you know, resistant or immune to fire damage and I made a fire damage character, I got to find another way to beat this guy. So this does feel like a little bit of a precursor then to maybe some of the more action-oriented games where you're switching kind of elements or affinities on the fly and and kind of reacting to enemies or, or changes in affinities. Right. You know, it's it's kind of cool that it that it's in here, and it's just it's a bit more. You really need to build up to it. Yeah, it so takes some effort, and some some runs. One of the one of the most powerful characters in the game is a sorceress, and sorceress, the, the particularly the blizzard sorceress. So it's an ice based uh, uh, build. Well, there are enemies in this game that are immune to ice, and you're going to have to work around that. Um, one of the great things about the hammerden is that Blessed Hammer is magic damage. And I think there's only about five enemies in the entire game that are resistant <laughs> to magic. Yeah, so, so you can the, go mostly all in. Yeah, those hammers are just fantastic. And there's a few... So if you're a caster especially... So Matt, I don't know how much casting you're doing rather than, than summoning guys. So obviously... Is that different? This, so, yeah, so... <laughs> Maybe I'm still used to magic where a creature is a spell and a spell is a spell. Right. So so yes and no. So the, there's there's two giant stats in this game that you need to really focus on. Uh, the first one being faster cast rate. Faster cast rate is what makes or breaks a build when it comes to being a caster. So yeah, I do want to be a faster caster. So so well, here's the thing. Are you casting magic abilities that do damage to enemies? Are you casting something that physically goes after an enemy and, and kills them? Uh, like a magic missile? Yeah. I don't think so. So faster it... faster cast rate may not be something you need to focus on. Because with Hammerdens, I'm casting Blessed Hammer. Blessed Hammer is a cast. It, it's not me physically hitting something with a sword. It yep. is me casting a magic ability. So if I increase my, if I increase faster cast rate at certain intervals, the it will it will help my character. So I can't remember the there's there's a formula for it, but at certain percentages, you actually go by frames frames in the game right mm-hmm. and at certain intervals in the percentage you cast at a different frame rate essentially so you cast so you can have more hammers out at one time um, and so that's really important for my character for uh, but another important stat that you need to keep up with is uh, faster hit recovery so in this game if you get hit by an attack you you get interrupted. You're, you're like I can't. You're getting hit, so I can't hit somebody. Faster hit recovery helps anybody because if you get if you're constantly getting hit, you're constantly getting stunned and stu- and and not being able to 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 get out your attacks faster. Faster hit recovery, you recover faster from getting hit, which means yeah. you can get in more hits. So those are the two big stats. The other stats that you really need to put some time into is is your vitality. Vitality is probably the most important stat in the game. That's broadly applicable to everything. Yes, um, to any class whatsoever, even like sorceress, uh, barbarian, anybody like that. So your your strength is really only there to allow you to equip the heavier armor. To, to allow you to equip the the armor that that can that can bring your defense up mm-hmm. your dexterity um is is there it, it, so if you're a melee character your dexterity can help with the damage that you're doing it, it raises your attack rating which means you're you're basically you're basically ha- you're getting your stats better to hit the enemy not necessarily how much damage you do, but your likelihood to hit. Is that what it actually affects, is likelihood to hit? Because I just yes. assumed strength would more directly impact damage strength, than agility would. Strength does impact damage 
in some sense. But strength is used mainly for equipping better gear. So why why would my Beastmaster build suggest that I focus on strength then? Doesn't seem like a thing that I would use much. So what for better bows maybe? What what are so you say your Beastmaster build? Are you are have you looked at a build online about this? Yeah. Could you link me to that one? Uh, yeah, I've got one here. This isn't the one I was looking at first, but it was the one that I came up when I went to kind of research for it. And this is this is the one he gave me. Here, here's the link. Okay. It looks like I should be focused on bows. This one doesn't seem to say I should focus on strength. But basically, the, the the real short version of the first thing I looked at said, put all your points into summons and focus on strength. So if you want to do a Beastmaster, yes, your summons, obviously. You also got to keep in mind what, what skills synergize with the other one. And it says it in the game, so you can definitely find that. Mm-hmm. This build invests 20 points into the primary skills below. Summon Spirit Wolf, Summon Dire Wolf, Summon Grizzly, Oak Sage, or Heart of Wolverine. It's not worth to max out both of these skills. Both are very helpful, so it's better to choose one and invest 20 points into it. So I'm guessing you're going into Oak Sage? Yeah. Okay. Poison Creeper. Uh, This is best option among your Vines summons. Equipment. I haven't done much of anything with Vine Summons yet. I, I think I put one point into it, but I haven't really cast it much. Okay, so the majority of the Hunter Druid uses bows with magic slash elemental damage in order to deal with physical immune enemies. Some popular choices are... Uh, okay, so these are actually pieces. Build stats. Strength. You should have enough strength in order to equip your desired items. So that's there you not go. terribly helpful. There you go. That's that's what they're that's what they're wanting you to do. You put enough strength in yeah. for that dexterity, uh, because this type of druid fights from a distance. It can afford to spend more points on this attribute and less in vitality. Some players spend three points to dexterity for every two points spent on vitality. If you like a more safe setup, it's decent to invest only as many points you need to equip your best gear. Vitality invests all the remaining points into this attribute, energy. Keep your energy at the base value as you will need mana only for summoning your minions. So uh, practically every build says do not put points into energy (laughs) ever because you have basically an infinite amount of energy with mana potions. Mana potions fill up your energy really fast and it's almost... It's almost like you never run out. And so. I assume there's other ways kind of mid-battle or, you know, things that I'm equipping that can auto-regenerate my yes. mana. Yes, so there are there are uh, rare and unique items that you can equip that either regenerate health or regenerate energy passively or uh, you regenerate mana per hit or per yep. kill kind of thing. Yep. So there's definitely a ways around that. Uh, it's looking like here. See, that all makes sense, except that I needed to speed cast my wolves here for this boss because he was taking them out this, quite quickly. Yeah, this 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 the Act Two boss is one of those bosses that, if you're a ranged character, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which it was just surprising. I mean, not that like. I mean, I I kind of like bosses to be difficult, right? It, should be should be an achievement. There's only I don't know. I'm assuming four or five acts in the game. So if you're only going to have five big bosses, it sh- it should be rewarding to beat it. But I still was not terribly well equipped or expecting this boss to be quite that difficult because I probably died three or four times and I was like I don't even think I've even seen him like much. I'm walking in there like three three seconds later I'm dead. I'm like I need to just walk around and try and see if I can see any patterns. So, there you go. You got some uh, 
got some pretty good stuff there. So I would, um, I, you have not respect your character yet, have you? No. Okay. So you still have one free respect. Um, you, you get a free one every time you 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 beat the game. So if you beat, take a take a mulligan. Yeah. If you beat the game on normal, or, or it, during your normal playthrough, you will get a respect. As soon as you finish the in, first quest in Nightmare, you get another respect. Mm-hmm. And then if you do, and, they add up. Uh, like, will my character have three or four respects, or is it just you've either got one or you don't? Uh, so you have to use the respect before you start over. Um, so when you beat the game, all right. So before you beat normal mode, normal difficulty. You have a respec. As soon as you beat the first quest in nightmare difficulty, you get another. You get a respec, but you only so you have to use one before that. Now you can get more uh, using the 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 Herodric cube. Um, you can get more, but they require you to have drops from the greater evils. So you have to kill the greater evils. You have to do Bale runs, and you have to do Mephisto runs, and you have to do Diablo runs. Right now, I can't beat a lesser evil, so I think I've got uh, I think I've got a couple weeks before I'm taking on any greater evils. Yeah, I would I would hang on to that respec. Um, I used up mine already um, because, Ooh. well, because when I first started this game, I wasn't going by a build. And then I said, you know what? It's been 20 years since I played this game. I don't really know what I'm doing anymore. So I went back to another, I went back and, and followed a build guide. And that's what I'm doing now. So did you do that because you you were way off from a build? Or you just did it anyway? And even if you were only a couple points off, you wanted to maximize it? I I I was quickly becoming way off. Hmm. Yeah, because I don't think I'm too far off from the from what this beastmaster tells me to do. I, I may have put a couple points into energy, which it says not to, but that's fine. You know, uh, that, that that's totally fine. Um, and besides, once you beat the game, or right before you beat the game, you can respec and just put whatever you need to. Because at, at the point at the point where you're about to beat the game, you you have equipment that you know you want to equip. Mm-hmm. So just find that strength requirement and just go to that. Okay. Okay. So, I can build up to that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, trust me, you, you you're going to get there relatively quickly. Um, if 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 I remember correctly, Act Four is not that long. Um, but I could I I could be wrong. Like I said, it's been twenty years since I played this game. The the other thing that we, we everybody needs to keep in mind if you're playing along with us or Matt you, yourself too, you grind a little bit. Yeah. Right now you you are at the the I would say level requirement for beating Act Two. But not with all of the bonuses that I should have for my level. Yeah. Because see, I beat Act Two with two very powerful rune words on my character. I made um, stealth on my chess piece. Stealth is insane, especially for a caster. Um, and then I ha- also had Ancient's Pledge, which, you know, negates a lot of stuff. So do they have names? Because I'm, I'm looking at a, a list. I guess it's just a list of runes. You're probably looking at a list of runes. You need to look up rune words. So, yeah, I, I guess I should probably take a look at which one I want first. Yeah, I, I, in fact, I would look up like a a, a druid uh, best room words for a druid or something like that. Yeah. Um. Uh. The the so and, and not only do you have to have the right runes and put them in the right order, you also have to have them in the right piece of equipment. So like ancient's pledge. 
only works on shields. So I had to have a shield that had three slots. Mm. Yeah, it'll be good to know in advance which one I'm going for then for multiple reasons. I can get the runes, but also it might take a while to find that right piece of equipment. The great thing is, is that since this game is so random, you can go to the the vendors in town. If they don't have something you're looking for, quit the game and come back. Mm. Their their stock has been completely updated. Oh, they really went all in with this randomization, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, <laughs> there's tons of randomization in this game. So, um, but yeah, um, back to the, the story at hand. Uh, we start off with, uh, apparently there is some kind of beast or monster that is killing people that lives in the sewers. So that's our first quest of act two going into the sewers and, um, killing, uh, the monster down there. Not too, not too difficult. Um, yeah, but then we are tasked with obviously assembling the Herodric staff, um, and we go around trying to find everything we need for it. Get the the uh, Herodric cube, and then get the 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 amulet, which is actually the top of the staff. We get the rod for the staff, and then we throw it all in the Herodric cube, and we now have the Herodric staff. Now, a lot happens in between there, but it is us running through a dungeon and getting something. <laughs> Yeah, killing eight, 8 million skeletons and 4,000 warrior cats and 200 lightning bugs. Yes. So, not much to talk about there. But, um, once we get the staff, we then start to figure out a few things. Um, the first one being we realize that the palace is probably holding the place that we need to go. And uh, since nobody trusts us in this town, um, after uh, collecting the the staff and showing our prowess, uh, they finally agree to let us go into the the palace. Now, the palace, uh, the, I guess the king or the the the, the leader of this uh, town or, or kingdom, uh, basically informs us that yes, there is a sanctum below the palace. That um, was once used by the Haradrim, uh, Tal Rashah. And um, when you go down there and you find what find where you need to go, you're then warped to <laughs> a very strange place this, that's kind of in, uh, the space between spaces. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a a uh, almost infinite staircase that takes you all these different routes. Yeah, it's all floating. No, no physics really. Yeah, uh, eventually it leads you to a a place out in the desert, which is um, it, it's basically a a trap within a trap. Uh, you have to pick the correct tomb. In order to find the 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 place that you need to go, based on what was said at the boss of that interim netherworld. Yes. So we we figure out which is the correct tomb by looking at the symbols. Um. And uh, and the fun fact, that's also random. So when you <laughs> when you if you beat this. And you find the symbol. It could be a triangle. When you quit the game and come back, now it's a circle. So you need to make sure you check that. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's actually tough because you 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 would have to go all the way back to where the summoner was in the nether realm t- to figure it out, or do you just have to check the mission like in the menu? Just check the mission. It'll have okay. it'll, it'll say this <laughs> yeah. is the symbol. No, no, they're, they're not that big of an asshole. That would be horrendous. <laughs> So after uh, locating that, finding the correct tomb of Tal Rashah. Which I found. I, is it 
Is the location of each symbol to tomb also different? Or is just the one that you need to go to different? It, it, no, it's the, the location is also different. Uh, so the square is not in the same place the square was last time, even if I now have to go to triangle. Correct. So you'll have to run around the outer area of this and find the correct cave to go through. <laughs> uh, which is why, like... I kind of felt like I was being dragged along a little bit when I was up. I actually was up last night until 12.30 playing this. Holy crap. Because I had so much area visible to me. I'm like, I know as soon as I turn this off, all that goes away. I'm like, I don't want to lose my progress right now in the map. So I just kept being like, all right, I need to get past the next section or past the next milestone or past the boss because... I was like, well, if I if I don't, I'm going to have to start over, and I don't want to lose all that progress. So it got a little easier because right at the end there, there's a, you know, there's a portal area, port, portal node. Yeah, waypoint. Yeah. So at least at least it won't be like an hour of trekking just to get back to that same section. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I could swear that one of the sections I walked through, I went, I walked on every inch of that ground and couldn't find the... Couldn't find the waypoint. Yeah, there, there's that that happened to me a couple of times. Um, when 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 uh in the third the third quest of Act Two, when the the uh the eclipse happens, yeah, um, and you can't see like two feet in front of you, <laughs> and I was like, "There's a waypoint in this area. I know it. I can't find it to save my life." Yeah, I'm like, how many times do I walk through this area? I'm like, I'll just push on to the next one I guess but um, yeah um, but after going into the correct tomb um, we then find the the obelisk where we can put the uh, the staff and that then unlocks the the I don't, uh, what, what would you even call this place uh, a layer layer um prison yeah prison it does it's interesting i thought it was because it's kind of a cool like the game is so different like the cinematics look so much different than than the in-game kind of isometric top-down view so it's really cool when something happens in the isometric view and so i I really liked when you put the staff in and the lights start coming on around it i'm like oh I, i really feel like something's happening and I need to pay attention because it's not a cutscene. Like this is this is happening to my character, and it, it just that that part was kind of cool. And then I thought it was going to unlock some vault or something, and it just blasts the wall with lightning until it like crumbles. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is apparently not meant to be opened and closed all that often. No, no, it, it was supposed to seal away bow. Yeah, or bale. I've always called him bow. Yeah, I'm trying to think. In Stargate, he was called ball, like balls. So um yeah. Um and uh when we go in we meet with uh, a lesser evil Duriel rudely. Yeah. He he just he just shows up the big hulking asshole. I was surprised there's no like intro either. I just I walk in that section and he's there on me. It's like a second later. Yeah, he he, he does not waste any time. I was almost imagining like once I saw him, I was imagining an intro with, like, Jurassic Park-style, like, these vibrations, and then he just comes stomping towards you or something. Yeah. But, no, he's he's quick. He's just on you. Trying to figure out. He is the lesser evil. Um, what is he? The lesser evil of... He's known as the Sin War. Mm. What is he? Duriel. The Lord of Pain. Well, he is that. Yep. The Lord of Pain. So, uh, yeah. Um, so the, and Matt, I know you had, you, you haven't beat him yet. Um, you have, yeah. Uh, 
he's a very large demon who basically just rushes you. Um, and yeah, he's fast and he's super powerful. Yeah, and it's it's a. Uh, it's kind of hard whenever you're a ranged character trying to fight this guy who's running after you. Um, I had a little bit of trouble. Like he he brought me down to my last like health potion, but uh, I kept throwing blessed hammers at him, and he eventually went down. Dropped a couple of the uh, unique items for me to to pick up, and um, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll we'll save what happens after that for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm at least mentally prepared for him now. I may not be my character may not be prepared, but I think uh another level or two to boost some power and some, some good rune words and I don't I I don't think he's gonna be all that. He's a lesser evil. I mean come on. I can I can definitely help you out here. I feel like if if I join you, man, you will just make mincemeat out of him. Yeah, I can at least keep him distracted with the wolf pack. There you go. That's that's got to count for something. Yeah. So, uh, are you summoning both dire wolves and spirit wolves? Uh, it seems uh, I have to check more into it, but I, I've been I can summon five wolves and four crows or ravens ravens at the moment and then i can summon dire wolves but i feel like if i do it like negates my regular wolves how so i thought they just literally disappeared when i summoned the dire wolves oh so you can only have one light wolf at a time yeah one wolf type and i can only summon two of the dire wolves at the moment as opposed to my five regular spirit wolves. I wonder why they're going to have you, uh, with this build, putting points into all of your summons when you can only have one summon at a time. Is it possible I unlock the ability to have both later? Possibly. I'm not entirely sure. I, I know nothing of the druid. That's that's something that I, I, you're going to have to look into. Yeah, I will I will learn the druidic ways and let you know. Okay. But... um. Yeah, uh, no no emails this week. Um, if you would, please send those emails. I know there's a few people out there playing along with us. It is drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also uh, tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But we're trekking right along. Uh, there is an achievement in this game. That I feel like is soul crushing. <laughs> there is an achievement in this game called, I'm going to do what's called a pro gamer move. Where you reach level 99 with a hardcore character. Wow. Now, reaching level 99, I think there's only... Point zero percent of the players on Xbox have actually done that. Point zero. That's a that's elite company. As far as I know, nobody has done it yet. As with a hardcore character. Are you going to be the first? Oh God, no! <laughs> I I I I don't even know where to begin trying that. Like so do you have to play through it multiple times to get to hardcore? Or can you start there and just no? You can start at hardcore. Oh, that's a problem. That sounds easy. Matt, you you do realize what hardcore <laughs> mode is, right? <laughs> no. Hardcore mode means you have one life. Damn. If you well, die, that character is dead forever, and you have to start a new character. That's how many crazy. How many times have you died in this game, Matt? Probably, probably about seven, mm-hmm. plus or minus two. Yeah, mostly like I would say six out of the seven were in that last quest. So the amount of time that you've put in this game, if you would have died right now and had to start all over, how would you feel? <laughs> uh, it would be tough. Yeah. So. Getting to level 99 and never dying the entire time 
and there's no safety nets like auto resurrects or something that you could no stack up no yeah that sounds pretty tough then yeah diablo diablo has never played around with hardcore mode hardcore mode has always been when you die you are dead and you are not coming back I had a hardcore character that I got to the max level, max level 70 in Diablo 3 and had some amazing gear on that character. And it eventually got killed. And I, I, I probably should have thrown a funeral for it because holy crap, that was like, <laughs> that was probably 50 hours. Oh man. Yeah. But that's what you get. That's yep, what, that's, that's that's investment. Yeah, it's emotional yeah. investment in a character's survival. But hitting hitting level seventy in Diablo three, you can do that in probably twenty hours. Hitting level ninety nine in Diablo two, it's probably going to take you sixty, seventy hours. Wow, it's a long time, dude. So that's one type of, like, post-game, if you will. Yes. If you just did that, I mean, that, that that's a whole game worth of effort. I mean, it, it gets to a point, once you once you beat the game and you move on to the next difficulty, you beat the game again, then you go on to a third difficulty. So there's three difficulties in the game. There's normal, nightmare, and hell mode. Hell is the hardest difficulty. When you beat the game in hell mode... You can then switch the difficulty and play again, but you shouldn't play on anything but hell because you're not going to get any XP. You're not going to get the proper XP to actually level up. Mm-hmm. After you beat the game the third time on hell, I would I would venture to guess you're probably going to be around level 60 or 70 at the most. Beating the game three times. Three times. That's crazy. So you're going to beat... You then move on to what they what we always call uh, bail runs. Bail runs is killing bail over and over and over again. And ignoring regular enemies and just killing champions and killing bail. Because it's literally not worth the time? It's not worth the time. Killing champions and killing bail over and over and over again. This game is weird. This game has always been weird. But it's still very addicting. Because yeah. there's so much randomization. There's so much customization in this game. And, and it's all based on the, your rune words, the equipment. So I could have a rune word that I really want to make. But getting the equipment, fine-tuning the equipment will take hours because not only do you have to worry about getting the, the proper equipment with the right sockets, there may be a better version of that exact same (laughs) item with like plus three stats to it. I just got to play a couple more hours and maybe it'll drop. That's how random this game is. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I I still feel like I'm just scratching the surface. I need to just put some time into it and explore some of these systems and and, and do some of the repetitive runs because so far, it's just been just been the missions really. Yeah, I I tell you what, we can one one day this week or maybe this weekend, whenever we get whenever we find ourselves able to do it, me and you, we can take take down. Durial, and then we can do some Countess runs. Yeah, I was going to say maybe I'll do some, if I get some time, tomorrow night I'll have some time, maybe I'll just do some Countess runs to get started. There you go. Yeah, we'll do some Countess runs, get you some really good runes, or get you a good amount of runes, um, and then we can either, you know, upgrade your runes, or we'll get you, we'll look it up and get you some really good, um, some rune words set up, and uh, yeah. get you set for, for some kind of druid build. Yeah, I have to do some research first, which is a different type of game. When I have to like plan my session and 
bring my notebook and be like, all right, this is exactly what I want, what I need. That's the, the bad thing is, is like, think about, think about what the world was like in yeah. 2000 and 2001. There was not Diablo wiki net <laughs> where I could just look this stuff up. This was stuff like people would just throw shit in the Herodric cube and see what happened and then write it down. That's how I did it. Sure. There was like the blizzard forums and a lot of people did yeah. share their stuff on the blizzard forums. Like I found out this, you know, like if you, if you put this and this and this in the Herodric cube, you get this. Like, but oh, even man. then, you're doing digging. It's like it, it's different because I feel like you can't you can't have that experience now because everything's immediately available. Yeah. Well, people, if 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 this game came out today and had never been seen before, people would be like, "This game sucks. It's not it's not accessible at all." Yeah. They don't, they don't like, like we have this cube and you can put stuff in it, but no, but like, how the hell am I supposed to figure out what to put in it? Well, yeah. It's and, almost <laughs> again, like, like magic where I feel like it around this time, you know, 20 years ago, there was so much experimentation, which is kind of like what this game is. You, you have to figure things out and it might take you ages and you're not going to be optimized straight away. You know, it takes a while. And I feel like these days, everything's just so immediately available that that, that exploration or discovery is kind of lost. Yeah. I think the only thing that comes close is like the soul series. Yeah. The soul series never really held your hand, never really told you, you know, where to go, or what to do or what yeah. worked. And I mean, I think that's one of the, the allure of that game. There's a lot of people who can't stand those games, but there are a lot of people that really fall into that niche that, you know, 20 years ago would have fell into the niche again with Diablo. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, they're like spicy food for me. I love them even if I can't always handle them. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's it. Pretty. I, I, I'm really digging it. I, I wish I had some more time. I'm, I'm going to have a lot more time this weekend, but, you know, I, I want to progress the story. I want to do some of these runs. I want to build some rune words. So I'm actually really excited to keep playing on a number of fronts. Yeah, I don't like, and it and it's interesting because it's not like I want to see what happens next story wise. Because yeah, I mean the next cutscene will be cool, and you know I'd like to see the next boss, but but really I I, I really just want to craft this character to be to be better. Like even even just the sense of progression from the end of Act One, where I, you know I had a you know two wolves or whatever and one raven, and now I just feel so much more badass. Like one act later. And, and now to be able to, you know, assume that over the next act, I'm also going to be leveling up rune words, also layering in these extra skills and, and, you know, trying to bring some synergy to them to get the most out of it. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's a creating something, crafting yeah. something. It's, it's definitely one of those, like, you know, see what you can do in it kind of yeah. thing. There's a lot to go with. Let's see here. Ooh, here you go. I found a rune word for you. It's called rain. Ort mal ith. You put it in body armor. And you have a 5% chance to cast a level 15 cyclone armor when struck. 5% chance to cast level 15 twister on striking. Plus 2 to all druid skills. Plus 100 to 150 to mana. Lightning. Yeah, that's something that's crazy about these rune words is it's not like plus 3%, plus 5%. I'm seeing like plus hundreds, plus yeah. 200s. Lightning resist plus 30. Magic damage reduced by 7 and 15% damage taken goes to mana. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you never run out of mana with that one. Holy crap. Yeah, there's some. there's definitely some, some really good stuff here, man. And the thing is, is like this is kind of like a new game to me because honestly, I only played Necromancer. I've never really <laughs> experimented with with Paladin or, or Druid. Like I like I never even played Druid or, or Assassins because I never even had Lords of Destruction. Yeah. So there's a whole well, new act here that I haven't played. And it's interesting. I mean, 
between the different characters and between the different builds, especially, it and with all of the abilities to customize, I'm I guess I'm really happy that it doesn't just feel like a palette swap. It doesn't just feel like, oh, you're a melee character or you're a ranged character or you're a spellcaster and that that's basically it. You can put whatever flavor you want on it. But these these feel pretty different. These are, I don't know, the, the abilities feel pretty different. Absolutely. There's a lot here, man. There's a lot here. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like more than anything. It just feels like a lot of game. A lot of things that I, you might even be able to miss a lot of it or even most of it if you don't pay attention to it. But if you want to dive into it, it just feels like there's there's so much to to get into. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to check it out and see what we get. But uh, yeah, that's going to be it for us. Uh, we're at the end of Act Two, going into Act Three. Um, I've already done the whole Twitter and everything like that. So, yeah, we're good. We're going to get out of here. Uh, Until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. Guys, have a great week. And we will be back next week with the continuation of Diablo 2. I just banged my hand. (laughs) On a guitar? No, it's it's my, uh, my microphone stand. Uh, it has a it has a uh, a spring on it, and every time I move it, it, it makes a funny noise. <laughs> so anyway, I'll leave you guys on that. 